Guys, excuse me while I take over before we start the show. I know it's not like me. Now, Christmas is coming, and we just want to give a quick shout-out for a couple of great people. Firstly, are you looking for that special cake treat as we approach Christmas? Then check out what the Welsh cake lady is selling. Not just the best Welsh cakes you'll ever taste. There are also subtle variations with white chocolate and cranberry, and my personal favourite, orange and cranberry, and much, much more. Now, most Saturdays, Kerry can be found at the Stroud Farmers Market with special appearances in other local farm markets. Please check the welshcakelady.co.uk and Kerry's Facebook page for details of appearances. Don't worry if you didn't get that address. You can find it in our show notes. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's all very well if you're in Gloucestershire and can pop along. But what about if I live somewhere else in the UK? Fear not. There is a delivery service. Again, check out the welshcakelady.co.uk site for delivery orders and details. Well worth checking out. And for you English, a little bit of Welsh culture this festive season. And speaking of Welsh people, those of you that follow us on Twitter will occasionally see a tweet showing a stunningly mounted autograph and picture. One of my passions is collecting autographs from classic horror stars. As I've said before, collecting classic autographs can be a bit hit and miss, which is why I'm so pleased to have found someone I trust 100% in getting the ones I require for my collection. That person is Robert Griffiths, an AFTAL-approved dealer for many years. If you want to see what Robert has in his collection and are looking for something a little special this Christmas, you can go online to autographloft.co.uk or if you want to see a selection of his top ones for sale or beautifully framed pop into the first floor of the Cardiff Antique Centre. Neil's been there and Neil has bought some as well. Robert and Kerry, two very special people. Please support them if you can. And now it's time to start the show. Welcome to At The Flicks. Yep, your team are here for this time of year. Neil's been sniffing the sherry, Graham's on his soapbox, and I'm trying to keep order. <laughs> and as you know, at this time of year, the channels are chock full with goodies to tempt you over the Christmas season. The choice can drive you mad. Luckily, we have a deck in the house, and he's going to help guide us through this maze. How are you doing, Deck? I'm very well, thank you. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yes. What are you doing? Before we look at the season and your recommendations, because I know there's a lot of good stuff this year, is there anything you've been watching you'd recommend to listeners just to add into that pile? Uh, yeah, there is actually. As usual, autumn's a fairly good time of year for new stuff and quite a lot of additional seasons from older stuff that I've mentioned in previous episodes of Carry On Streaming, which have now got further series added to them, which is great. So at the moment, I've had a fantastic few weeks of watching loads of telly, especially when it's cold and damp outside. Uh, even more reason to binge watch lots of telly. I'll start with the BBC and all this stuff's still available on the iPlayer. I watched the second series of Jeff Will Be Pleased because it's Welsh and set in Cardiff. I watched the second series of In My Skin. It's a dark comedy. You know me, I like the darker stuff. And it's the first series was very acclaimed and won lots of awards. And the second series has continued in that form. Uh, there's only five episodes in both series, so if you if you haven't 
caught the first series even after my recommendation from before. It's only 10 episodes in total and it has finished. So it's it's ended on a the right place, which I quite like. I don't like series that drag on and on and on. And it's about an adolescent teenage girl who's growing up and having to deal with problems at home and mental illness and stuff like that. You can see the dark side of it, but it is quite funny as well. And they end up getting drunk in the park and, and mucking around at school and stuff like like adolescents do. But I thoroughly recommend it. And I think the cast are fantastic. It's only a very small cast, but brilliant. And that's where most of the awards have come from the acting categories. So definitely recommend it. And the young girl, I think, is in a couple of films coming up. So watch out for her. So I haven't seen this one, so I'll put it on my list. But looking at the cast, a couple of uh, names that I really like. I see Di Botch is in it, playing Nana. I remember her from Twin Town, one of yeah. the great uh, Oh, great movies. film. Yeah. Mm. And um, the excellent Joe Hartley. It's a fantastic cast, well written, and the lady who wrote it, I think it's sort of semi-autobiographical on, on her. She was brought up in Cardiff as well, and so she's she sort of used what she's gained from her ex- own experiences. Uh, and it is hard-hitting, but funny at the same time, so it's I like that. It's a good mix. Nope. Right, straight away you've added to my Christmas watch list. Thank you. That's all right. And then another comedy that tickled my sides was the new Stephen Merchant comedy, uh, Outlaws, about a group of people on community service. Uh, somehow he managed to get Christopher Walken to uh, appear in a, in a BBC you know, TV series, which is a, quite a move. So he must have quite good connections. But I quite enjoyed this. It wasn't laugh out loud hilarious. It was quite sentimental at times. I think like Stephen Merchant's does stuff, really, it sort of has the sort of teary moments and then the all sort of the happy ending sort of thing. Not ruining anything, but I think it's a bit obvious right from the word go. But yeah, very enjoyable. Set in Bristol. I saw it being filmed, actually. I was down with my son in Bristol and we went for a sandwich in the park. We were sat in a little circle in the park and they were filming a scene across the road from us. Looked quite good, and Merchant seemed to be directing and starring in it at the yes. same time. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the community workers, sort of thing. So yeah, okay. So really, you've got a superstar like Christopher Walken, and you throw him into the rougher end of the UK. What's the hell with Bristol? <laughs> oh, there you you caught that little line didn't quickly, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. They even got Banksy to um to put an artwork on the side of the building. So they actually managed to get a real Banksy. So Oh right. Yeah. And then if you're a bit nostalgic, there's a lot of stuff at the moment to do with the nineties. I suppose we're all reaching that age now where the nineties is is old fashioned. A bit different areas, but both interesting because they both included snippets of the nineties and the music and people that were famous at the time. So one is the documentary about the Blair and Brown years, the new Labour oh, Revolution. That. Yeah, uh, very good. And and actually, it was quite interesting because I was a student in the 90s. So a lot of it I'd completely forgotten. A lot of it I knew, but some of it I was just like, oh, I don't remember that happening. I must have been just out enjoying myself. So yeah, but very good. Very good. Yeah, indeed. it was just with all the bickering between them. And it's still a professional outfit other than the numpty we've got today. <laughs> the other one was Fever Pitch, which reminded me about all the football and start of the Premier League controversy around it and Sky having to dancing girls at the start of the matches and stuff. But no, it was all really interesting. And it was interesting to hear their side of things and what they were trying to do. And obviously it was successful, but I think it was successful not by the things that they tried to do, but it was successful because there was a lot of drama on the pitch. And I think even though they'd sort of tried to force the drama by adding all this entertainment, at the end of the day, it was the actual drama on the pitch and the 
and the excitement and the close sort of finishes between teams at the end that and controversial moments like the uh, Cantona Kung Fu kick and stuff that really added to the the whole sky and the people wanting to watch the Premier League. Oh, when you said fever pitch, I was thinking of the Colin Firth film. It's not then. They've named a series that. Okay. For that reason, I think it's all about the same. Because, of course, his book was based again on the the Arsenal period, wasn't it, in the 90s? Yes, 1989, I think it was, wasn't it? One of the most tragic endings ever in a film, actually. (laughs) He's still trying to slot that film reference in. Yeah. As a Liverpool fan, yes, it would be. Uh, and then on Netflix, I watched two excellent series, uh, a bit different. So the first one, which, to be fair, I'd been meaning to watch, is on my list. As as you guys know, the, our lists are huge. It's been on my list for a while, and I watched it, and guess what? It was a Scandi drama. <laughs> and it was it was by the director and writer of The Killing, which is one of my all-time favourite Danish dramas, which I recommended at the one of the previous carry-on streamings that's still available if you haven't seen the killing it is still available on iplayer but the chestnut man was on netflix it's only six episodes mm. so it's quite we actually end up watching it in two evenings because it's very gripping and again it's very dark it's it's hard topics to watch but it just has you gripped all the way through it and you just can't work out who it is and yeah absolutely loved it yeah, if you're into your Scandi dramas and you like them dark and get you hooked, then The Chestnut Man is one for you. I'm just reading the synopsis as it's a new one on me because obviously it's not in English. A young woman found brutally murdered in a playground and one of her hands is missing. Mm. Well, there's a start in it. And it gets worse than that. That's what I mean. That's why I said it is dark and it is brutal, but I like that. So if you're into that sort of thing, this is definitely for you. Can you flip to English or is it just subtitles? No, for crying out. I wouldn't know. I like to watch things in the language they're meant to be watched in. Yeah. Right. Actually, I am watching something in its original language at the moment, the Millennium series, you know, the girl with the whatever. Uh, I'm up to now the girl who kicked the hornet's nest. Oh, the It's in six parts, yeah. Oh, those ones, yeah. 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 I've got to say, I'm being honest, the first two parts, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, the Daniel Craig film was better. I think Didn't you're you? in the minority there, probably. Yeah. But, um, I thought it was much more stylish. I thought the way he handled it and condensed it down. Mm. But Naomi Rapess, I think, is really good. Yeah. I assume that... Were they TV films to start off? Yes. 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 Were they? they were, okay. Yeah, they were very good. Very good. The um, yeah. second one is interesting. The third one is... No, I've read the books, Neil, so you can't spoil it for oh, me. right. Okay. Don't spoil it for anyone else. Though. Have yes, you really? Exactly. Do you read them I, in the original language? <laughs> no, I, I, I with I, subtitles, uh, <laughs> or abridged audio books, Neil. <laughs> Neil, you're on form tonight. Abridged. Oh, yeah. I think read in a listen to an abridged version. That's yeah. sacrilege. We've had this discussion. Look, this is Dick's show. You're spoiling it, Neil. <laughs> so uh, what was the other one on Netflix? The other one was season three of Sex Education. There is a battle happening for the sexual health of our teenagers. Oh, I will get more down. Back on track. What is that? It's my shame sign. Sex will ruin your life. Oh, um, yeah. And it hasn't it hasn't dwindled from the the fact it's the third series. It's They still tackle... Some hard topics about identity and sexual orientation again, but as always, it is educational, but it is funny. I love humour added with a sort of a realistic topic, a real life topic. I just think it works uh, for me. And again, sex education falls into that again. 
So fantastic all round from all the makers. Now, the fact that they've done three series and it doesn't seem to be dipping at all is fair play. That's good. And we've got an interview in one of our early shows with the guy who did all the location work, Mitch. Mm. Yes, I listened to that. It was a very good episode. I can thoroughly recommend people listening to that one. Sent Graham up the wall because of the coffee machines going off behind us. Oh, God, yeah. It was a nightmare to edit. We recorded it in the noisiest place in the universe. Moving over to ITV, for those people, available on ITV Player, I caught the second series of Manhunt. It took me a while to watch this. I ended up watching the first series because I hadn't actually seen it as well because I'm not a huge fan of Martin Clunes. But actually, I think he's nailed this role. Unlike most police dramas... I mean, it is, it is a standard police drama, but it's based on truth. But what I really like about it is it gives you a real insight into the politics and the procedures around police work. Normally, when you see a crime drama, it's all very much, you know, you see the forensic come in and you see all the, you know, the, dra- the drama and all the arguments and the policeman's normally got a drinking problem or something, you know, that, that sort of thing. This is very much a normal policeman who just wants to solve a crime, but things like budgeting come into it and resources and all the things that don't normally get covered that I found fascinating. And apparently, because he's written it all in his book, um, and that's what the series is based on, it is. It's really interesting about, you know, they're having discussions over, okay, we could catch this guy, but we'd need 500 officers. Well, we can't afford that. So how are we going to catch him sort of thing? And then there's all these discussions, and they have to go up to senior people. And all the things you – I mean, obviously, they do go on, but you didn't imagine they do. You just think police just solve a crime, and they just, you know, do it. And you didn't really think about all the – stuff that goes on about budgeting and having to get funds and having to, you know, you can only have the helicopter for so long because it costs so much money. Yeah, so I thought that side of it was really interesting. And I thought he played it really well. as a, He didn't overact it or anything. He no. played it as you'd imagine a normal police person would be. I'm halfway through the first series as well. It is very good. And Martin Clunes, yes, he does. He, he sort of understates the whole thing, doesn't he? And this sort of very strange, and it's not a, a usual attacking... Uh, a murderer or whatever there's some strange stuff going on as well and he's in a different department as well so it's uh, yeah the politics within it is brilliant he's best known for recently for doc martin which is very light and silly so he really gets down and gets hard-headed with this does mm-hmm. he? Well, he he does but he doesn't do you know what i mean he does he's not shouting and screaming and he's not over, no, no. overdoing it he's just playing what you'd imagine a decent policeman that just wants to Solve his crime and, yeah. you know, has, has long nights because he, he gets a call and then thinks, oh, we're getting close now. And But it's not done dramatic. I mean, there is a bit of drama, but it's not it's not pumped up like Hollywood style. It's very low-key, Brits rushing around with cups of tea and polystyrene, you know, and yeah. Yeah. sort of things like that. It's very down-to-earth. It's not exaggerated. That sounds great. I shall put yeah. that on the list. Thank you. Yes. Well, this time last year, you were telling me all about the Pembrokeshire murders, which I thought was one of the best things this year. So uh, I'll give yes. that a shout. Yeah, and it's in a similar category to that as well. And the fact that it's based on truth as well, it's if it does interest you like it does me and the case does, you can read all up on it and everything. And you can even buy his book if you wanted to. On Apple TV, I caught the second series of Ted Lasso, oh. uh, which I enjoyed. And actually, even though it did get a bit over-sentimental, I actually quite enjoyed the Christmas episode. It was a bit slushy and a bit thing, but actually it was quite funny in some ways. Um, Do you you know the story behind the Christmas episode? No, I don't. So there are two episodes, the Christmas episode and the one following the coach on the night back after, after the loss. Well, they had 
produced an arc of 10 episodes and Apple come to them and said, well, we want 12. So they had to create two standalone episodes that didn't mess with the main plot. So the Christmas one was easy. That's fine. That fitted in and it brought enough of the characters in that you had fun with it. But the coach one really divides opinion because, you know, because it stops what is an intriguing story dead. Uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, got a bit frustrated with that episode. Yeah, it was a strange one, that episode. I, it, it, it seemed out of kilter with the rest of the series. And, yes. And from your, what you're saying, that sounds right. But it yeah. wasn't a bad episode. It just was a different tone and everything to the to the rest. But I suppose it, it, it was just expanding on that one character a bit more. Yeah, it, it was Ted Lasso crossed with After Hours directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it had that vibe to it. I, I thought the series, as it went on, I was really worried at the start of the series because there seemed to be no protagonist and it seemed light and airy as opposed to the first one had much more of a focus. And I said this to Graham, I was a bit mm. worried. And then the second half of the series came back with a vengeance and you can see that season three has got to be about the redemption of a character. Pull that character back in. The seeds are there and it'll be really interesting how it does this. And then finally, I managed to get a subscription with Disney Plus, And so I've been trying to catch up on all the stuff that you guys have spoken about on previous things. So I, managed... I suspect not me, Dick. No, I suspect not you. Um, I managed to get through WandaVision, was the only one I've managed to complete so far. Um, and I'm halfway through some of the others. It's interesting. Years ago, I remember watching The Shield when it was on, one of the first sort of Marvel TV series. And I remember thinking, being quite excited at the start, but then finding the episodes dragged and almost the fact they were given more time because it's a TV series rather than a film, I just thought sort of watered down everything. Even everyone raved about WandaVision. I found it the same. I found you get a lot of repetition and it almost feels like it's padded out because they've mm-hmm. got because they've been given carte blanche to say, okay, you've got this much time now you can expand the characters and things i just i don't know i think it didn't quite work for me i'm enjoying loki more but i haven't finished that yet i don't know whether i mean i don't know what you guys have watched in any of the marvel tv series but they're not up there with the films for me at the moment so those two have watched them all i've only watched one i started watching one division then went off and watched i love lucy i got more of a kick out of that (laughs) But Graham and Neil, I'd imagine, watched them all. They're probably up to date on Hawkeye. I just watched Hawkeye this evening. Between recordings, I sat and watched it. It's definitely my favourite of the, so far. Of yeah, them yeah. All. I enjoyed right. WandaVision. I thought the Falcon and Winter Soldier was a bit of a downer. I thought Loki was good, but mainly for the girl. I thought she was hysterically funny. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, you're right. It's nothing compares to the actual... Uh, cinematic universe no no you said that just to annoy me that's all the stuff i've been watching up till now dick sorry so you've got disney plus did you not watch the mandalorian not yet what else did he say he said you were the best in the parsec what's the chain code we can only provide the last four digits their age wait that's all you can give me they said 50 years old yes they're 50 years old. Species age differently. Perhaps it could live many centuries. So no. I was trying to get through the other ones first, and then I thought when I get when I got a bit sick of Marvel, then I'll switch to Star Wars and 
and watch no, them because no. Boba Fett, I'll mention it in a bit, but um, Boba Fett's coming up as well. So I thought, yeah. well, I'll watch them another time, probably after Christmas. Now, I've watched season one and two of The Mandalorian, and they are really good. Wow. Jeff sees mm. something on Disney Plus that he likes. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention, this is an interesting one. So I've just finished watching Doctor Who, Flux. Doctor Who's a bit controversial with Jodie Whittaker, and I understand that and everything. And I think the last series was pretty poor and badly mm. written. And I thought, even though Jodie Whittaker, I think, is very good as Doctor Who, I think the story didn't help her. But I actually think they've turned it around with this flux. So I think if you've gone off Doctor Who recently and you're a bit Ooh. fed up, I would recommend going and watching this. It's only six episodes. And what they've done is, rather than it is one story, over six episodes so it's the first time they've sort of done that in a long time i know they did it before with the, some of the old doctor who's but it's been a while since they've sometimes they have a thread and like a little thread like bad wolf that goes through but the stories are different this one is the same elongated story going through all right it highlights all the good qualities of jodie whittaker and what they should have done more of with her it's darker it's gone back to being darker again and scary again which is what doctor who should be mm-hmm. um the only thing I'd say is it is a greatest hits of Doctor Who. So what they've done is they've pretty much gone, okay, let's get all the villains that we love and put them into this one story. And so it, it does feel almost like a greatest hits collection, but it's thoroughly enjoyable because of that. So you get all the bad boys in there. And I found it quite creepy, quite dark. And it is confusing at times because it's all to, again, it's the whole timey wimey thing. I'm sure it broke some of the rules of uh, of, of the time thing that, <laughs> that go on. But I actually just really enjoyed it. I actually found it was quite gripping and I wanted to know what was happening. Um, they introduced some new sort of species, but then they had the old ones as well. And I did. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I found myself wanting to watch the next episode, which is hasn't happened for a long time with Doctor Who. Wow. Um, so I'm quite excited now for the sort of the end of Jodie Whittaker, if you see what I mean, now that it's been announced. Because I know if you look back historically, normally if they know a Doctor Who's finishing, it actually is really good because they have a story that builds up to the end of of that generation, that uh, regeneration of the Doctor Who. So even in the Peter Capaldi one, which I know a lot of people, I thought he was very good, but again, a lot of people didn't like it. The ending was very good because they know, so they sort of write it. And again, it gets darker because you know something's going to happen. If you've gone off it a bit, I'd recommend just watching the Flux series. I think my only worry is watching Jodie Whittaker might it turn me to a life of crime. Oh, that's a good point. It might do, yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, surely that. when she regenerates as probably a man next time, yeah. won't all the police in the country be redundant as all the crime levels will well, drop? They could start investigating other things. Parties. <laughs> so are we going to talk about Christmas deck or have you got any more there? Or... No, let's talk about Christmas. I'm right. so excited about Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. So, Deck the what, halls. Yeah, what, in your opinion then, Deck, is worth avoiding a Downing Street party for? <laughs> <laughs> you mean cheese and wine? Just cheese, cheese and wine. wine. Just cheese and wine, socially yeah. distanced, obviously. With, with um, a secret Santa. <laughs> yeah, when I started looking into, for this show, what was coming up, I couldn't believe the amount of potentially excellent stuff. I was trying to think, how do I slim this down? But I couldn't. I found lots of stuff. And I think this is... The most excited I've been, I've been about the Christmas period for a number of years now. Excellent. Um, carrying on from what I've just spoken from, there is a, a New Year's Day Doctor Who special. I, I'm not sure what that's going to be like, but if they continue in the mould of the, the Flux series, then that should be quite good. But 
new stuff right so on the bbc um you've got a whole mix of stuff you've got your costume sort of historic drama stuff called a very british scandal which is about the acrimonious divorce of the duke and duchess of argyle it stars paul bettany and claire foy who are both excellent actors uh it's only a three-part drama starting on boxing day and then it runs for three consecutive nights it just looks really good and again with that cast i'm expecting good things was there something about that that uh, i mean i don't know the story so it you know about a royal divorce if you like what is in there that would generate people's interest i just think with that cast okay. and and with, a, yeah. with an interesting story i think it would just be worth watching and then finding out what happens okay rather yeah. than us spoiling it for everyone fair enough if like me you like something a bit darker there's a new twisted psychological thriller called the girl before now this stars a lady who moves into a, a like a luxurious house built by an architect uh, and then the house starts changing in mysterious ways. She finds out the woman that lived there before apparently died in the house. And it's all a bit, and I love this sort of spooky houses and things type thing. It starts on the 19th of December. So it's one of the, the earlier ones out of the ones I'm going to list tonight on BBC. But I love a good psychological thriller. It stars the, I can, I'm not very good at saying her name, Gugu Mabathar Raw. Is that how you say it? Yeah. She's the lady who was in the, the morning show and Loki as well, an up-and-coming actress. And also, again, another difficult one to pronounce. It's David Oiluo. Is that how you say it? David Oiluo. Yes, you're better at pronouncing it than me. A good cast, the same as the previous one, and what sounds like a really interesting story. I went through the Radio Times marking out shows, and I missed this one. I'm just marking it now. Another thriller that looks quite interesting is The Tourist starring Jamie Dornan, about a man who can't remember who he is, and he's being chased across the Australian outback by a truck. Um, <laughs> this is on New Year's Day. But again, it's one of these simple concepts that hopefully, if it's made well, could be really interesting. Mm. Mm. It sounds like it's got elements of dual in it. Dual, yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. A bit more lighthearted, David Tennant is starring in the Jules Verne's classic Around the World in 80 Days sort of more of a family one. So it starts about tea time on Boxing Day. And what's really interesting is they've got Hans Zimmer to do the music. So, yeah, so that should well, add an extra that. element to it. He's on fire this year. <laughs> yeah. i yeah. that one out to watch. I, everything I'm hearing about that production sounds really good. And then finally on BBC One anyway, um, if like me, you love animation uh, and you love the Julia Donaldson, they've got another animation on Christmas Day again. My favourite so far has been The Snail and the Whale, but that's because it's my favourite story. But this year, they've got Superworm. And again, they've got a fantastic <laughs> voice cast in Olivia Coleman and Matt Smith. Christmas Day, up as two, just before the Queen's speech. So it's worth sitting down and catching that uh, with the family. I thoroughly recommend. They're always fantastic little short stories. Can I... Just sidetrack a minute on this. I only watched the other day The Tiger Who Came to Tea. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that when it was on? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I sat and watched it, and I got to the end and thinking, what the bloody hell was that about then? <laughs> come in, taking everything, and gone. And I, I thought, there must be a point to this story, because I'm not seeing it. Not anyway. It was not. <laughs> Do you not know that? No, I didn't. And that's what I read after. Yeah, it was yeah, all about right. the Nazis. And yeah, because yeah. Yeah, oh, she, yeah, she was from, that was her background, wasn't it? She yeah. Was, 
yeah, she was young. She wasn't a Nazi, but she was, um, yeah, impacted by them. Yeah, because her family oh, yeah. left and came to England. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was fascinated when I found that out. But watching the show, and I'm thinking, this is just pointless. And then <laughs> when you get that, when you understand that, it puts it all into place. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I digress, did not though. know that. I'm going to have it's, to watch it again properly. Yeah, it's for children, Jeff. So no wonder it was beyond you. <laughs> Right. So you're saying every home should have a friendly, cuddly Nazi? Absolutely. <laughs> right. Thank you, Dex. Sorry, what's next? Uh, and another fantastic animation uh, is returning, uh, Ardman this time. So there's a special Christmas, Shaun the Sheep, uh, the flight before Christmas at six o'clock on Christmas Eve. And you can't go wrong with Shaun the Sheep. I'd recommend this, and I'd recommend if you haven't seen any of the other show on the sheet that you watch them because they are all yeah. just brilliant. I, they are fantastic. I, I saw the film earlier this year, the first show on the sheet, and loved it. That was really good. Are you going to talk about Robin Robin? Maybe I forgot to mention. Till I was raised by mice. Explains the ears. We're on our way to break into a house. Might be a bird, but I sneak just like a mouse. Where? <laughs> there's one thing mice are good at, it's sneaking. I wasn't because I managed to watch Blush, but I haven't got round to watching Robin Robin yet. Okay. All we'll say is um, Robin Robin is, is superb. What did you think of Blush, by the way? I really enjoyed it. It was like one of those ones you see before the main film in Pixar, wasn't it? It was that sort of yeah. short thing. So not as good as some of the... The Pixar ones, which have been incredible, like the snowman in the in the globe thing, is still one of my favourite. And the one, the bow bow one with the was very oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, bow. And the birds, yeah, the birds on the, on the uh, telegraph wire, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fabulous. Right, okay. Um, so moving on, again, this is one of the things I'm so excited. I'm so excited as well because of the timing. I think sometimes the programmers get the time spot on. So. If, like me, at Christmas Eve at 10.30 at night, you're wondering what to watch, I oh, think, cool. watch the mezzotint M.R. James ghost story starring Rory Kinnear. And who, who doesn't love a ghost story on Christmas Eve just before you go to bed? I think it's the <laughs> best time. <laughs> oh, Emma James is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah the, well, do you know the story? No. Um, vaguely, but I'm trying not to read up on it right, because okay, I want no, to be surprised, if yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do know roughly great, what the story is. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. And have you been watching BBC Four Monday nights, been showing some of the old MR James stories from the 70s? No, I haven't. I've, I think I've, I've seen them all probably anyway, but I ought to check that out because if there's some I've missed, yeah, um, well, then I could catch up with them. And I loved them all except the Ash Tree. And I really hated their version of the Ash Tree. Have they got the. Uh, is it Whistle and Arkham? Is it? Yeah, they had that. Yeah, oh, I love that. Uh, I love that. But Stall to Barchester is the creepiest. You'd love it, Neil. You right, sleep for a week. Right, Stall to Barchester. Hmm. Thank you. So you guys don't, because I know you. You're not big horror fans, but so are you more scared of the ones that are like psychological than the Bloodfest ones? Or I think the it... ones that creep me out, yeah. I mean, yeah. the ones that are really, really stupid and pointless and a waste of two hours or whatever are the ones that really I hate. Yeah. Um, and the ones that Jeff goes, oh, it's fantastic, and yeah. then comes out of the cinema and goes, oh, it's rubbish. Those, <laughs> those I really, really detest. 
But, the, yeah. but yeah, the ones that really creep me out are the ones that, okay. that I have a real problem. I, I would like to add for clarification at this point, Dick, that Neil has just put a horror film in his top five films of the year. So. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. No. But yes, I have. Which one? Last Night in Soho. Yeah, is that horror though? I yeah, know. well, I would argue it isn't. I mean, it is scary. The horror is Soho, I think. My, my yeah. point would be that... It's a bit zombie-like, isn't it? The, the ghosts yeah. are almost zombie-like, I found. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, yes, the whole Soho scene and everything in the 60s just really, yeah, that's a horror. But no, no, go back to the MR James. That is high on my list to watch. I, I do like what most of what Gatniss has done with MR James has been brilliant. So then moving on away from the BBC. So Channel 4 on Christmas Day has got another fantastic animation at 7.30 at night. It's the Abominable Snow Baby. So this is a <laughs> famous Terry Pratchett story, but they've managed to get Dame Judy Walters to be one of the main voices in it. So, yeah, so if you love animation and and you want an unusual, you know, in the style of Terry Pratchett story, then uh, watch The Snow Baby. Yep, marking that one down. I missed that one as well. If you don't want to be fixed down to a time and you want to watch things in your own time, then moving to some of the uh, streaming platforms, other streaming platforms, Netflix has got quite a few new series of programs that were very good in the earlier series. So on the 17th of December is the second series of The Witcher. Um, I was really impressed with the first series, so I'm quite looking forward to this second series. I'm looking forward to them expanding on the character, you know, the usual darkness and magic that goes on. So, so I'm looking forward to that. Titans Series 3 is out on the 8th of December, just come out. Netflix are really starting to push things hard, aren't they? I got a text message yeah. today yeah. from Netflix going, Titans Season 3 is out, you've watched the other two. Yeah, yeah I was the same. I think it was targeted at us, wasn't it? But uh, um, I hope it continues in the dark frame that it has been, because, again, I think they did a really good job of not making it too lighthearted mm. and too marvelly and keeping it more DC. I hope they continue in that frame and go and continue down the darker route because that's what made it really interesting. And then lighthearted, changing the tone a bit. Season four of Cobra Kai is out on the 31st <laughs> of December. Uh, if you haven't watched the other Cobra Kais and you love the 80s, I'd recommend, as I have done on this podcast, I'd recommend on watching all of Cobra Kai. It's filmed in a very 80s style. They use clips from the original films and it's just fantastic and it's just entertaining and lighthearted and you you can't help but switch the TV off with a smile on your face. So if you need sort of a more happy, cheesy type of entertainment, mm. then Cobra Kai is the one for you. I've been avoiding it. Just, just it didn't look – the adverts for it just looked terrible. It's filmed in a very bad 80s cheesy way, deliberately. So right. like you're watching an 80s sitcom or something, but mm. it works. You just have to sort of get into it and it just works. And they're very short episodes. I, I think they're less than 30 minutes. Yeah, if you take out all the credits and everything, they're yeah, about yeah. 23 minutes or something. Yeah. So so my question is, I, I want to see it and I'll sit with the wife and watch it. She doesn't even know what the Karate Kid is. How many of the original films do I have to show her before I can start watching the series? You don't because they use the they use clips so they, okay. they explain it by having the clips. So if, it's just a if, flashback then, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. So if you if you if you get a character comes along and you think, who's this character? Why are they not happy with them? 
a few minutes later there'll be a flashback about why they fell out or mm. or why they fell in love or you know and it's so i think they've done it deliberately a to make you nostalgic for the films if you're like me it's something sort of oh i remember the but also if you've not watched them before you don't have to because they're filling right. in the gaps for you excellent right now it is on the list then cobra kai so uh, one i'm really excited about because again it's scandy and it's dark and it's Christmassy. Is Elves on Netflix? Yes, I saw the trailer and I thought, "Oh, that looks good." You're not going to watch this, though, are you? It's too scary, surely. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's Christmas, so we can do those. It looks like it's going to have all the elements of dark and creepy, but involving elves. So, what more could you want at Christmas? Oh, just read the synopsis. Maybe I'll take it off. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, it's going to probably be a bit creepy. I think it might be. It depends whether you, if you manage to get through Gremlins, you might be all right. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it on. Yeah, try Krampus as well, Neil. It's, it's no, no, good. don't listen to him. On previous episodes of Carry On Streaming, I mentioned a couple of series, uh, The Stranger and Safe. Now there's a new series by the same writer, Harlan Coben, called Stay Close. They're quite crowd-pleasing thrillers. Some people could say they are a bit formulaic, but it seems to work. They have the right elements of suspension, thrills. They tend to use a British cast, which I think they're continuing to do with Stay Close. But yeah, so looking forward to this. I don't know much about it, but I've sort of, again, deliberately not tried to read up too much. And again, because I don't want to ruin any twist plot twists. But if it's anything like the previous two series, they're not continuations, but the uh, previous two series that he's written, then Stay Close should be good. Um, That's out on New Year's Eve on Netflix. Richard Armitage, who was in uh, The Hobbit, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm. Switching over to Disney Plus, I'm really excited on the 29th of December about the book of Boba Fett. I think like most Star Wars fans, Mm. Boba Fett is one of the most interesting characters and one of everyone's favourites. So I just hope they don't ruin it. Up till now, he's had very limited appearance other than probably in the animated series. Um, Uh, You do need to see The Mandalorian before watching it now. Oh, do you? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's done in the, in the sort of time frame, is it? Or it's there's, there's a direct tie into that series in the Mandalorian. I'll have to watch that then first. So I probably won't be watching it this year anyway because um, I won't have time to. Uh, but yes. So anyone who's watched the Mandalorian recommend ca- continuing with Boba Fett. On Disney Plus, there's a new documentary that's just out about the Beatles. Now we're going to take the Beatles. I'll be quiet. Oh, you recording our conversation? Directed by Peter Jackson, called Get Back. I've started watching this. The only thing I would say is it is long and it is reasonably slow. If you're a Beatles fan, obviously you'll love it. I enjoyed it from the point of view of seeing the dynamics between the group. And obviously at this period, they weren't as happy chappies as they were earlier on in their career. So it is interesting to read the sort of body language. Now, obviously, the difficult thing is it's been edited by somebody, so you have to take everything with a pinch of salt because you don't know whether they've edited things to make it look a certain way or not. So, I, you know, you have to be careful with, I always think, with this type of documentary. But it is interesting, and again, it spurs background reading if you don't know as much. Like, I didn't know as much. Uh, I wasn't born then. Good to read up on some of the relationships and some of the things and whether or not, you know, what have, happened next. How much have you before. seen? How much uh, two hours. Seen? I've seen two hours worth. Of right. It's set halfway through the second program, it just suddenly it changes tone, and it's 
I must admit, I, I, it's the first one is a bit slow. Their manager, Brian Epstein, had died the year before. He was the decision maker. And McCartney is trying to be the decision maker. Lennon is on drugs. George Harrison is uh, pissed off. And Ringo just sits there waiting for things to happen. And it is a little slow and the first first episode, but stick with it. Trust me. Okay. And then suddenly Thank you, you find them sort of, they start interacting from about, I think about sort of an hour in from the second one, just started smiling through the whole lot. Brilliant. So my, my wife and I are huge Beatles fans mm, and we're trying too. to watch it together, but I just haven't had two and a half hours together to go and sit down and watch something. That's the problem. It's probably better watched that way, though, in smaller chunks, especially if, if it is yeah. that first episode. That's, that's how I did, yes. I watched it all in one go, which was probably too much um, mm, yeah. because it did drag a bit and I was sort of losing focus at times. Can I um, throw a documentary at you, Deck? Sure. Sky Documentaries, Monday the 27th of December. They're showing Val. This is that documentary about Val Kilmer that should have been on Amazon Prime but never turned up in the UK and they never answered why. And it looks like they passed it to Sky. And uh, that's their first showing of it, 7 o'clock on the 27th of December. It got really good reviews, didn't it? It's Ooh. got great reviews, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember even seeing it in the cinema. Advertising it must no. have been on hardly at all or very limited cinemas. Yeah, extremely limited, straight to Prime. And they put it on in just about every country except the UK and just never responded to comments from people as, why can't we watch it? Yeah. So that's that's the main TV series that's coming up for Christmas. And now a lot of the other streaming channels don't seem to have any TV series that I found. A few of them are focusing on films. So Apple has got a good film called Swan Song that looks quite interesting. No, that's the Mahershala Ali. Yeah, coming out on the 17th of December. Naomi Harris as well. Um, so that looks like an interesting film to catch. Sky has got, on the 18th of December, has got their Last Train to Christmas film starring Michael Sheen in a time travel Christmas-themed drama. Again, looks quite good. On that very subject, and one for Neil, Neil and I share the same dentist. Hmm. And there's a new hygienist there, and her sister was the costume designer. On Really? Uh, that, yes. I'm going to have yeah. to get Sky again. Yeah. God damn, I just cancelled it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a real bit of trivia. We were chatting all about that film. So uh, oh, I'm definitely right. looking forward to it now. Oh, well. ITV seemed to have let me down because I couldn't find anything except they're showing the Downton Abbey film. But apart from that, I couldn't find anything that they were that Christmassy. So I think I've covered all the other streaming services. So whichever one you've, you're subscribing to, there's a good selection on each. Um, so, yeah, a thoroughly fun-packed yeah, Christmas man. on lots of different channels. Well, yeah, that's beyond Christmas. That With the streaming, that'll take you up to Easter. Yeah. <laughs> well, Deck, that's brilliant. And certainly a lot there for us all to watch. So I think now it's time to get ready into that perfect chair for that viewing. Neil, put the sherry down. We're away. Thank you very much. And have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. Yeah, that's a Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Christmas.